This meeting is called to order. All rise for the Pledge of Allegiance, followed by a moment of silence. And today the moment of silence will be in remembrance of the lives lost during the September 11th attacks. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. A notice of this meeting has been provided by letter dated January 4th, 2023 to the South Jersey Times, Courier Post and West Effort Municipal Clerk. Public notice was also posted in the West Effort Municipal Building on January 4th, 2023. All right, moving on to presidential remarks. There are no presidential remarks at this time. All right, so we will move on to the um, Board of Education uh, candidate interviews for the open vacancy. So tonight we have three candidates interviewing for the vacant seat on the Board of Education. This seat will fill the unexpired term vacated by Kristen O'Neill and the term will end December 31st, 2023. Candidates will have five minutes to present the following information to the board. First, reasons for applying for the open seat on the West Effort Board of Education and expertise you would bring to the board. Second, the qualifications to be a Board of Education member. And then third, any other responsibilities that would make it difficult to attend scheduled board meetings, which are typically the third Monday of every month, and participate in committee meetings, typically the Tuesday immediately preceding the monthly board meeting. Um, there's a copy of this year's meeting schedule. Um, so after all the interviews have been completed, the board will go into executive session, which typically lasts about 30 minutes, make their decision, and the newly elected board member will be sworn in when the BOE comes back into session. The candidate elected will be asked to take a seat with the board and participate in the remainder of the meeting, including any action taken. The order for tonight's interviews will be Jennifer Bailey, followed by Jason Smith, and then Michael Morrow. Good evening, everyone. I got it right this time. Good evening. Practicing. <laughs> um, I just want to thank you all for this opportunity. I have lived in West Effort for over a decade. I have two sons that currently attend school in this district. I have a senior, pray for me, and a middle schooler, which is just as difficult. <laughs> Um, I want to say I brag about West Efforts uh, School District all the time to my friends and family, and I really appreciate the community, and I would really want to give back more to the com community, and I thought, why not with a place on the school board? Um, I'm also really passionate about education, and I really believe that every student can succeed, and I would like to be able to have a part in that as well. Um, I My background is in education. I've been in education for over 10 years now. Um, I've been an SBA and an assistant SBA, um, as well as a school board secretary um, in public education. I believe that my role there has allowed me to understand the Roberts Rules of Order and also allowed me training with New Jersey school boards and also attended some conferences. So I have a pretty okay understanding, I guess. <laughs> of what goes on. Um, I currently work for the Department of Education in field support services. I think that would also add to a little bit of insight um, with what's going on um, in the department and be able to bring that back to um, the board members. Um, I 
Oh, uh, my qualifications to be a board member, I meet all the legal requirements. In addition to my experience as serving as board secretary, I be believe that would um, add to my qualifications. And I do not have anything in my schedule that would prohibit me from attending committee or regular board meetings. Thank you all for your time. Do you have any questions? Any any questions for Ms. Bailey? All right, thank you so much. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Jason Smith. I was a 2007 West Effort graduate. Um, I lived in West Effort since 2001. I currently have an 11th grader and a two-year-old that will be starting in the school system most likely next year in the pre-K. Um, I also have a nephew that's a senior, a niece that's in second grade, and my whole family's come through. Breller's uh, wife and her family have come through West Effort, so I've seen West Effort be on top. I know we've always been high in the school rankings. Uh, a couple other schools have caught up, and now we're trending back upward. I'd love to be part of that and make sure our youth is growing that way. I currently I coach all the youth programs for lacrosse, and I was involved in football. So I've been involved in a lot of our kids' lives for many years, uh, 13 years for both of them. I still am in contact with all the kids that I've coached, even some of them that have already graduated, which has been great. My qualifications for work, I work with a budget. Um, I work for a pharmaceutical company in the town. So on a weekly matter, I have to work with our budget and change our schedule. Always changes depending on maintenance stuff and stuff that breaks down. So I'm always adjusting everything on a weekly schedule. I work with other departments to make sure that everything's done on time. So I'm really good with working with other people, but I'm also in charge of just our production area. So I don't have a I'm not scared to step up and make hard decisions that affect a lot of people. That's really my background and everything that I have to bring. I can make adjustments on the fly. So any questions? Any questions for Mr. Smith? All right, thank, thank you, you very much. Hello, I'm Mike Morrow, and I do want to thank you for the opportunity to apply for this seat on the board. And uh, I appreciate the, the things that you have to address, and um, I do appreciate your willingness to serve. And I also like to thank Jennifer and, and Jason for their willingness to, to stand up for the students of West Effort. Um, going down what Mr. Jones asked us to talk about, uh, the reasons. Well, I'm, I'm a 30-year resident of West Effort. I've had nieces and nephews go through the school system. My friends, all their kids going through the school system. And now my wife, Laurie, and I have two kids at the middle school. Um, so until my kids were in school, I didn't pay too much attention to what was going on in the schools, detailed knowledge of how things were going. You always hear West Effort school system was really good. And I took that to heart and I believed it. Um, however, over the past several years with my kids in school and then really during COVID when there was remote learning, I saw some things that um, had me scratching my head and wondering if things could be better. And I know it was a struggle for everyone and it was new, but it did open my eyes to some things of, of, of what was going on in the school. 
Um, so the reason I'm, I, I'd like to join the board, even for this short period of time, is I, I just believe the whole system needs a shot to get back on track to a successful learning environment. And that whole system includes parents need to take more responsibility. Students need to step up and willing to work harder. Teachers, the administration, and the board. So I think the whole system needs a little bit of a shock to get back on the successful learning environment. Um, I also believe that here in West Effort and probably many schools, we see too much of authority and decision-making to people outside of our town. Um, and people in Trenton or wherever these uh, education associations and all the Department of Education, they don't have a vested interest in West Effort success for the kids as much as the people of West Effort do. I think we know better. I think you know better what needs to be done than people in Trenton or other associations that I think have more influence on our schools than should be. As far as qualification, uh, expertise, you know, I'm not an expert in education. Uh, maybe that's a good thing, you know, because some of these experts, I think, have led us into the wrong path in education. And I'd like to look at that path and see if we can do something different than what our experts are having us do. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to be, think that I'd be able to do some critical thinking, provide some critical, additional critical thinking that's on the board to look at areas that can be improved and to get more focused on the education of our kids from day one. Qualifications, I'm not sure what qualifications will be beneficial to the board. Obviously, you know better than me. Um, I think one qualification would be the willingness to learn, to ask questions, even though my beliefs may be different. I am willing to learn more of what everyone else thinks and come to the best solution for every student. And that's just not because I have a vested interest in my kids, but it's not just, I'm not on the board just for my two children, it's for all children, from the best and brightest to those who struggle, you know? And I, I hope, that hopefully I could be there for them. Um, another qualification, you know, as far as my current job, I'm a casualty actuary uh, for a small consulting company in Philadelphia. I've been doing that for almost 30 years. Um, I had to take a series of exams after I graduated from college. I, I did more studying after college than I did in college and high school. So it was a lot of work. It was 10 years to get where I am now for all the education I had to do for that. But besides that point, I just think it's the willingness to work hard to, to dive in, research the issues and to come up with the best solution for everybody involved. The, the, the last point was about uh, commitment and being able to be at the meetings. I'll be fine. I have no, this will be a top priority, obviously. So thank you. All right. Any questions for Mr. Morrow? All right. Thank you, Mr. Morrow. Yep. And thank you again to each of the candidates that came out to interview for the open position. Very much appreciate that. All right, actually, before we go to executive session, uh, Dr. Gizmundi, um, will you please, uh, or can you present the superintendent's report? Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, we had the first week of school, past couple weeks of school is highly successful. 
other than the high school first day, but we don't talk about that in public uh, with the uh, electrical outage. But uh, our administrative team at the high school did a fantastic job, um, you know, working with the students and the parents, the community to make sure that uh, the kids were safe. And of course, why not choose the hottest day of the year to make this problem happen? We just call that uh, the best first day ever. The kids went home and I think slept and I think they were sad. Were you sad? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but all in all, it was a really incredible start of the year. We did open up our um, our transportation department. We did our first full fleet this year ever in our transportation. It was really successful. Little mini hiccups uh, like we do for any first days, but um, it was at, it was phenomenal. Uh, special thanks to the transportation department uh, for really going above and beyond uh, to ensure that uh, the routes were taken care of correctly and uh, and our students were you know getting on the bus safely. So we do appreciate that. Um, we're also as we keep commenting each year of where we are with staff because you hear all over the country that people do not have staff members. We are fully staffed in our transportation department. We are hiring substitutes as well too. So we're building upon what we've already had. So we're really in good shape. The next step um, is that we're continuing to look for a uh, transportation depot closer to West Effort than where our current yard is, which is in Swedesboro right now. Uh, last month, we introduced staff members that were hired. Um, and then of course, during that board meeting, we hired a handful more staff members. So we like to put uh, names and faces together. So we're gonna start off with uh, our high school principal, Ms. Splaventa, if you wouldn't mind starting off. Hi everyone. Um, West Effort High School is excited to welcome Mrs. Nicole Thayer to our special education department. Nicole, stand up. <laughs> Thank you. Good evening. I'm the principal of Red Bank, but I'm also going to introduce a Greenfield teacher. And I have the honor of introducing these lovely preschool teachers. So they are the ones who are responsible for getting our kids ready to go. So at Red Bank, I have Abigail, Abigail Hicks and Jamie Cesaro and our Greenfields preschool teacher is Tiffany Vitale. So welcome and get those kids ready. Congratulations. Uh, welcome aboard uh, to West Effort. I hope you have a fantastic career as I've had in the, my past 24 years here in West Effort myself, plus my own uh, education in the past 50 years, but whatever. We don't say that. I, I, I know. Hold on. Whatever. So uh, thank you very much. Good luck to all of you. Yeah, I'd also just like to uh, say welcome to the new, new staff members. So great to have you as part of the team on behalf of the board. Okay, uh, at this time, we're actually going to have a, a presentation from a train representative, uh, Mr. Tim Andrell. So Tim's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, potential future projects. So go ahead, Tim. Sure. Do you guys? Have yeah, sorry. No worries. Take your time. I'll I'll take the opportunity to uh, to introduce myself. My name is Tim Andrell. I am a Complex Solutions Account Manager for Train. Um, those of you who don't know Train, we are a HVAC company, but also a climate specialist. So uh, we're a state certified energy services contractor. 
Um, and uh, we have been working with the district for the past several months to look at opportunities uh, at Greenfield Elementary and also other schools um, to look at potentially upgrading the infrastructure uh, with regards to HVAC and maybe some other recommendations. Those of you do, who don't know HVAC, meaning uh, heating and air conditioning and ventilation. So um, I am not the day-to-day the -day account manager on behalf of TRAIN for West Stepford. Uh, I'm here in place of Katie Sandy or Katie Rice, who is uh, the daily account manager. But uh, for larger projects where we're looking at redoing an infrastructure, that is where I'm brought in. Uh, that's my specialty. I've been with TRAIN for 16 years. Uh, so that being said, uh, I'll quickly go over my agenda. Uh, if anybody does have questions, uh, I'll I'll save them to the end and then open the floor for any questions. So um, very quickly, I you can go on to the next slide. I, I'm going to review the current status at Greenfields Elementary. Um, and then I'm going to review what a project with train would look like, uh, what a complex solutions project with train would look like to upgrade the infrastructure there. Uh, and then I'm going to review our proposed letter of commitment that we have delivered to, uh, to Mr. Guzmondi and uh, Mr. Jacobowski, um, and then uh, I will wrap it up from there and open the floor for questions. So um, very quickly, I have here an aerial view of Greenfields Elementary School. It identifies or demarks the classrooms. It's, a, it's kind of an eye chart, so I'll just talk to it. Um, current conditions at Greenfields, uh, the, the school currently uses hot water boilers for heat, and we're seeing deterioration of hot water pipes throughout the school. Uh, these are these are uh, distributed throughout wings of the school. So what it's causing is essentially heating and air conditioning issues on various wings of the school could potentially cause leaks. It's causing a maintenance nightmare for the school. Um, we've observed numerous um, temporary air conditioners in place, as I'm sure you guys have or your kids have and, and the teachers as well. Uh, so we've proposed a, pro a project to and the board has pursued a grant to fund a project to upgrade the infrastructure at this school. Um, so you can move on to the next slide. Um, so what does that look like with train? So typically a project of this nature looks uh, basically uh, would take a very long time. Um, the school district would have to go out to bid for architecture or engineering. Then you'd have to wait for a design and then it, multiple bids would be solicited from various contractors and the design bid build process would take quite a long time. Um, Train has proposed an alternative to that and that is through a national, uh, national purchasing cooperative called Omnia. Um, so with a train project, everything would be uh, essentially handled under our umbrella. We would incorporate the, we would handle the design uh, we would work with the district's architect and district personnel to make sure that our design was in line with the goals of the district with regards to sustainability, maintenance, comfort, uh, ventilation, and other factors. And we would deliver essentially a turnkey project. So um, the district would not have to rely or uh, hire multiple entities to execute a project. They would rely on train. Um, trains pricing would be negotiated through that national purchasing cooperative and would be audited by a third party CPA firm. And in return, you would get a solution that delivers comfort, safety, 
and uh, adequate ventilation within the classrooms at, at Greenfields Elementary. And uh, you would get a long-term warranty and a five-year parts and labor warranty agreement with TRAIN where we would be your partner for the next five years from a maintenance perspective, supplementing the staff of the district. Uh, you can go on. So to date, we have, uh, we have spent the last several months evaluating the school, evaluating the systems in the school, and what we've come up with to date and what we've proposed to the board is a letter of commitment authorizing TRAIN to take the next step in the design process, uh, which is bring our engineers on board to, to pr uh, provide load calculations, uh, code reviews, ventilation code reviews, energy code reviews, and make sure that our uh, our concept that we have in mind uh, satisfies all necessary codes and all necessary requirements for uh, the grants in which the board has uh, has uh, obtained. Um, the value of that letter of commitment is $158,400. And that letter of commitment essentially, um, as I mentioned, it authorizes us to move forward, but that letter of commitment will be nullified if we do move forward with a project upon our delivery of a formal proposal for a turnkey solution. Uh, so we would take the next two to three months essentially and we would we our goal would be to have a, pro, a proposal to the board for a fixed price turnkey project by the December board meeting. Um, if the school district approves that proposal and chooses to move forward, all fees associated with the letter of commitment, that $158,000 essentially is nullified and rolled into the overall project. So at this time, there really is no uh, fee, so to speak. It's essentially a down payment on a project which the board or which the district intends to execute. And that fee essentially, if the district into if the district ends up executing a project that does not go through train through train then that fee would be due. So it's essentially a breakup fee uh, to cover our costs for the engineering, for the development, and for everything required for us to put together a, a fixed price proposal. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, our goal would be to deliver a proposal by the December board meeting. That would put us in a position to execute a project in the summer of 2024. We've been tracking lead times on equipment. We've been tracking... Um, trends in the industry and we believe that as long as we get approval by the end of December or early January, we're in position to execute this project in the summer of 2024 or yes, summer of 2024 so that when students return for the 2024-2025 uh, school season, um, this project will be implemented and comfort will be restored, reducing uh, the demand on maintenance and uh, and other issues, comfort issues, safety issues within Greenfields Elementary School. You can go on. So we took the liberty also of kind of, uh, so TRAIN's uh, history is very deep in working with uh, school districts, the public schools in K-12. Uh, and we, we take the liberty often of identifying the, obviously the stakeholders, the individuals in which a project impacts. Um, in this case, uh, after walking Greenfields Elementary several times, we've noticed that obviously the first impact uh, is going to be on the students and the teachers. Uh, Greenfields Elementary School has, uh, <laughs> it services 
uh, smaller children, but they're small classrooms. So when there is an issue, they're deeply impacted. Um, so what we've observed is uh, there's a mix of various different systems that aren't working or are in disrepair. Um, and these systems would be replaced and repaired with a system of one kind uh, that is easier for maintenance purposes. Uh, our approach intends to eliminate the hot water boiler system, uh, which would really reduce operational impacts on the district and prevent the threat of leaks hot water leaks throughout the school. Um, we cannot make that determination until we move forward with the engineering, but, uh, but the students and the teachers are the first impacted and obviously the parents as well. Uh, the parents desire the best education for their children and improving the comfort and ventilation in the schools will definitely improve that. Uh, the second thing is it will free up space within the classrooms. The current uh, units within the classrooms take up a lot of space. Teachers are uh, put in a position where they don't have a lot of space for storage. Uh, we will open up space in the form of bookshelves in the place of the existing unit ventilators. And, um, and that is an opportunity there. And moving past students, teachers, and the parents, obviously it's going to affect district personnel in a great way from a maintenance perspective. Right now, there's a, a various mix of systems that are under disrepair. Uh, maintenance personnel has to go outside. They have to go inside. There's some equipment all over the place. This would centralize the equipment to the classroom, put everything in one area that can be fixed in a, in a mere matter of minutes, uh, typically, um, and consolidates overall the equipment to uh, to the classrooms. Um, and then at the board level and uh, administration level, you guys uh, would be fulfilling your dedication to the parents, the students, and the teachers to better the environment, better the learning environment, enabling teachers to focus on uh, their lesson plans and learning, uh, and enabling the students to attend school uh, comfortably and safely uh, without the need for uh, win winter coats or whatever it may be. Um, so, uh, that's, that's it at a high level and I'll open it to any questions at this time. Thank you, Mr. Andrew. Any well, questions from members of the board? I have a couple, um, regarding the design fee, the $158,400, is that able, like reading the letter of um, consent, it, there's nothing really protecting us from like, what happens if you go out, you design, do all the engineering, design it, and it, it comes in at a budget that we can't afford? Um, I guess, can the scope be reduced to within the budget and then move forward? Like, I don't want to be put in a position where we have to say no because we can't afford it. Um, and then have to eat $158,000. Absolutely. No, that's a very good question. The, the 150, so the budget we've provided to the district so far is $3 million to $3.5 million for a project. Um, we believe we can stretch that budget to replace every unit in the school. Initially, when we started these conversations with the district, we were focused on two wings. We were focused on one wing on the first floor north of the boiler room, and then one wing on the second floor. Um, I'll call it the south side of the building. Um, so our initial look at this was essentially 23 classrooms, uh, which is not obviously is not the entire school. Um, 
the the approach that we took was yes, we can absolutely do those twenty three classrooms um, for the budget of three to three and a half million dollars. But if we eliminate the hot water system and if we're able to eliminate that hot water system, we can do every classroom in the school and the ancillary rooms, um, you know, that aren't currently served on that hot water loop. So I, I think what we're going to deliver ultimately um, and we'll we'll be able to determine really the true scope once the engineering is completed, but we'll be able to deliver a project that solves the biggest problems for the district in those two wings within the budget that we've presented and potentially the entire school. Can you give any insight into what what determines whether these pipes can be eliminated or not? I, I can, yes. So essentially part of the engineering study is going to be an evaluation of the school's electrical system uh, to determine. So one of the one of the measures that we're looking to take to eliminate the centralized hot water loop, uh, which causes a lot of problems from the maintenance point of view. Uh, one of the measures we're looking to take is put essentially uh, backup electric heat within the units. So that's a current trend that's uh, popular in the industry because electrification of heat um, relating to sustainability is very popular. Uh, but what that will enable us to do is take the entire loop off of that hot water loop and essentially drain the entire hot water system, eliminate the boilers altogether. The result would really be a uh, likely a slight increase in electrical costs, but a significant reduction in maintenance costs. So an overall uh, net probably increase in operational, or I'm sorry, probably decrease in operational costs uh, when you factor in maintenance uh, and ongoing electrical uh, costs. I have a question too. Yes. So you're you're mentioning electric. Um, we had a house that was our second home. We had was all electric, and it was really really expensive just to run it for a weekend when we would visit it. Um, and I was just wondering, is there any way that um, solar energy could be brought into that to save some money on the electric bill? Yeah. So that's something that we're going to be we. The district or the school has solar energy currently. So the solar prices or the price of electric at Greenfields Elementary School is lower than your typical school district's uh, cost of electric at, because of that solar investment that you guys made maybe five or six years ago. Um, so there are solar panels on the roof. The district does harvest energy and some of that energy would be used to power that backup heat. But uh, when it gets down to it, and not to get too technical, when it gets down to it, the units that we're proposing to use, they would not add any additional electrical load unless the outside air temperature was lower than 30 degrees. So the, the units we're proposing to use, we're using uh, essentially air-to-air air, air air heat pumps with backup electric heat rather than hot water coils in them. And those hot water coils are the are the co that are what drives the need for the boilers and the hot water loop, and that's a, a big pain point right now at the school. Um, so we would we would be eliminating that, and our unit would be utilizing heat pump technology, which does not use additional electric until that thirty degree outside air mark or below. So really, that electric heat wouldn't come on unless absolutely needed in in extreme lower temperatures. Um, and obviously the climate has been um, iffy here and there, but, um, you know, we don't see those extreme temperatures 
typically very often. Yes. Yeah, so we've done a lot of schools, uh, both Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So we're part of Trains Mid-Atlantic region. Uh, we've done schools, uh, I, I want to say, uh, we, we can provide references, Egg Harbor, Pleasantville, um, up to $9 million. Um, in Pennsylvania, we've done up to $25 million where we're doing the entire district. Um, this is smaller scopes com compared to a lot of projects. A lot of our projects, uh, a lot of our projects aren't limited to HVAC. Uh, being an energy services contractor, we do typically involve things like lighting, things like um, solar, but that's already been taken care of. One big component of our project at Greenfields is going to be building automation. So right now the automation system at Greenfields does not incorporate many ventilation or energy savings measures. Uh, our project and our budget that we've provided the district does include things like demand controlled ventilation, lighting controls, and various other measures in an effort to offset any additional electrical costs uh, driven by our approach to eliminate the hot water system. I have a couple of questions. So you um, on one of your slides said that um, that you would solicit bids for any work that isn't self-executed. Yes. So what can you identify what those would be and what the projected cost above and beyond the three million or three and a half million dollars would be? So that budget of three to three and a half million dollars is trains uh, price for the project or budgeted price for the project. So essentially what train is, uh, the, the role of train in a project like this is the same role as a GC, a general contractor or construction manager. We're managing the entire process. The difference is oftentimes a general contractor or construction manager is brought in after you bid out uh, the design process. Uh, so you'll, you, know, you would have to engage an architect, an engineer, and then they would produce bid documents. Then you would hire a general contractor and then that general contractor would bid it out to every trade. And those trades would be HVAC, electrical, insulation, sheet metal, whatever is needed. In this instance, train is the general contractor. So we're rolling the design and any other trades into that three to three and a half million dollars. So there are no unknowns. And the other thing in that same slide that you're referencing, we mentioned there are no change orders. Because we're in control of the scope and we're building the scope, in collaboration with the district, we're not getting any surprises. When you go with design, bid, build approach, uh, by the time the contractors interpret the design documents, um, you're subject to typically delays in the project and change orders. Those are two things that you do not have to worry about with the project with train. And uh, really that's the benefit of going this route through the purchasing cooperative. You have what you know is your budget, you have what you know is uh, what the expected scope or overall high level outcome is going to be. And we'll work with your district administrators to make sure that everything is done in collaboration. Uh, so there are no change orders, there are no surprises, and there is a long-term warranty and support. So there's nothing that you'll have to bid for? I'm sorry? There's nothing that you'll have to bid for? We So if we need to bid, we will bid to, for example, Train does not have its in-house electrical personnel. We will bid out to multiple electrical contractors and award them to the either the lowest bid or the contractor that 
uh, district personnel advises us to partner with. So there are trades, uh, sheet metal, electrical, that we do not perform in-house. We are an HVAC, uh, we have HVAC service members and HVAC installers. For those trades that we do not perform in-house, we will solicit multiple bids and we will show those bids to district personnel and everything is transparent. And then all of our pricing is driven by that Omnia Purchasing Cooperative, which will be audited by a third party so that you can see that we're in compliance. Okay. And then the other question that I have is, is you said that the scope of this project isn't as big as some of the other projects that you're used to. There are a number of districts in New Jersey that received rod, I, I mean, grants similar to, to what we, we received. If there is a bigger project out there for you, does it push our project back? Not at all. No. Um, so we are very selective in, in the projects that we pursue. Although we're a state certified energy services contractor, we do not pursue any work which is uh, solicited by an RFP. So we partner with districts that we believe we have a partnership with, that we believe that there is the ability to have an open and honest relationship with, and that there isn't uh, a desire to um, try to take advantage of either party. Um, and our relationship that uh, I had mentioned, Katie Rice, uh, the account manager for the day-to-day, -day, the relationship that Katie has with the district and with some personnel in the district, that enabled us to feel a level of comfort with West Deptford that we've invested the time in, into building a project here and we're going to see it through. I think that's it. Thanks. Yep. Can I follow up on the first question? Sure. Kim asked, so you will bid some things out because you don't do it in-house but those are in, still included within the budget you're giving us? Correct. Yes. Okay. That budget that we're providing is a turnkey budget, meaning that everything from design services until the day that unit is running and actually for the first five years of operation is our responsibility. Okay. So for the schedule and it to be completed in next summer, is, is it a two-month project or is it a one-month project with a four-week buffer? Um, we don't have a whole lot of room to go over. Yeah, so the driver of, of the length of the project really is the lead time on equipment. And we've been tracking lead times. I mentioned that the units that we intend to use currently are 18 to 20 weeks out from production, uh, meaning that that's kind of how we got to where we are right now, right? We work backwards from a goal. Uh, so the goal is to have these units installed and functional before next school season. Uh, working backwards from there, we would need approval for our project. And uh, the the project approval is our firm fixed price approval, not the letter of commitment. The letter of commitment authorizes us to do the design, which is essentially a six to eight week process. So we have six to eight weeks until we complete the design. Our goal is to get you a proposal by early December so that the board can vote in December on the project and approve the project. Uh, Assuming that takes place, um, we're confident that we're going to get the project done in the, in, in the summer of 2024. As far as actual timeline for work performed on site, uh, it depends on the number of classrooms that we end up doing. But I would say it's um, 45, roughly 45 days of work. Okay. Um, final question for me. Uh, when does this letter of commitment need to be? essentially submitted, I mean, I think you just said six weeks. So 
October, I suppose, would be the... We, we would like to see the letter of commitment this month in the month of September. We would like to see it signed as soon as possible so we can get our engineers released for design. We are, our team is ready to go. Um, if we, our, our plan would be if this letter of commitment was signed by next Thursday, we would be on site next Thursday or the first availability of, you know, the first day off for students, our ability to get in the classrooms with our engineers, our design team. Uh, we don't have to get into every classroom. What we really need to get started on is the electrical study. We believe that the school has the infrastructure electrically because of that solar and lighting project that was done um, five or six years ago, but we need to get our engineers moving to confirm that. Thank you. Yep. Any other questions for Mr. Andrew? I have a question. When was the first time you visited Greenfields? What was it, Steve? May? End of May? I believe it was end of May or early June, right after school ended. No problem. Any other questions? All right, thank you for all the great questions and thank you, Mr. Andrell, for coming out and presenting to us. You're welcome, thank you. All right, um, next part of the agenda, we will, the board will be going into executive session. Um, so can I get a motion to go into executive session for matters involving employment? Motion Barna. Second, Bird Carey. All in favor? Aye. All right, the board will be going into executive session. Expect uh, us to be in closed session for approximately 30 to 45 minutes. I'll wait till you're, you're, good. you're good. I'm good. Okay. All right. Call the meeting back to order. Okay. Um, so I'd like to start just by thanking the uh, candidates again that came out um, to apply for the open board of education position. Uh, we'll now move forward with, uh, with our vote. I would like to make a motion to appoint Jennifer Bailey to the West Stepford Board of Education. Could she please come forward? No, I need seconded second? by Perda Carey. All right, so we'll do a roll call. Okay, uh, Mr. Fetty. Snafus. Yes. Mr. Perda Yes. Ms. Schultz. Yes. Mr. Baggy. Yes. Mrs. Barna. Yes. Mr. Jones. Yes. Motion carries. Thank you. Congratulations, Ms. Bailey. And thank you again to the other two candidates that came out. At this time, Mr. Jakubowski will now um, swear in the student representatives and Ms. Bailey as the new board member. So we have our uh, two new student uh, representatives for the Board of Education. Uh, last year, if you remember, this went to policy in the state of New Jersey uh, that allows a student and an alternate to sit on the Board of Education um, and, and to be a part of the uh, the system. Um, it's really exciting. So I'd like to introduce uh, Catherine Pitts and Macy Arnold and Macy Arnold. All right. 
And you're going to do all this together, all three of you. First, okay. Okay. I, Jennifer Bailey, do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of New Jersey, and that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same and to the governments established in the United States in this state under the authority of the people. So help me God. I, Jennifer Bailey, do solemnly swear that I possess the qualifications prescribed by law for the office of member of a board of education and that I am not disqualified as a voter pursuant to RS 19-4-1, nor disqualified due to conviction of a crime or offense listed in NJS 18A-12-1, and I will faithfully, impartially, and justly perform all the duties that the office according to the best of my ability, so help me God. Go at the same time. All right, so you time. You guys are right. Wait, so that one. Wait, how do we say our names at the same time? You can go first. Yeah. That one, then that one. Yeah. Ready? I, Macy Harold, I, Catherine Pitts, do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of New Jersey, and that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. And with the government established in the United States and the state, state under the authority of the people. So help me God. Again. I, Macy Harold, I, Catherine Pitts, do solemnly swear or affirm that I possess the qualifications prescribed by law for the office of member of a board of education and that I am not disqualified as a voter pursuant to RS 19-4-1 nor disqualified due to conviction of a crime or offense listed in NJS 18A 12-1. And I will be impartially and justly perform all the duties of that office according to the best of my ability, so help me God. Welcome again to the new members and again, congratulations. All right, um, moving on to approval of minutes. Can I get a motion to approve the minutes from the 8-22, uh, August 22nd action meeting? Um, if you weren't yet a board member, uh, you can just abstain. Motion, Davis. Oh, second, Baggy. All right, all in favor? She'll abstain. All right, there is no solicitor's report this evening. Okay, nothing to report, okay. All right, sounds good. Um, so we will move on to public comment. Um, so this portion of the meeting is reserved for comments by the public regarding items on the meeting agenda prior to board action. Should a member of the public wish to address the board on a topic uh, not listed on the agenda. There will be a second public comment after the board's regular business is conducted. Residents who wish to address the board are required to state their name, address, group affiliation, and the agenda item they will be commenting on. Um, actually, I need a motion to open public comment. So may I have a motion to open public comment? Motion to open public comment. Barna. Second, Baggy. All in favor? All right, thank you. 
All right. I have one item for public comment, it looks like, uh, in, in terms of a card. Um, Mr. Matt Decken. Hello, Matt Decken. I have a couple items. I'll stop at each one of them. I'll uh, give you guys a chance to re respond to them. Um, my first one is G11. Um, it looks like the New Jersey School Board on October 3rd will be using the high school auditorium. I'm just curious what the condition is of the auditorium because it appears from 295 that you're using uh, external air conditioners and pumping it in there. Is that going to be the case on October 3rd or is that just like a temporary Uh, we have the uh, temporary air conditioning units in until we're able to fix what we have or uh, purchase new ones. So they'll be there for the next six months, eight months. Okay. Uh, G17, uh, budget prep for 2024, 2024-2025 uh, calendar year school year. Um, is this when we'll see the $700,000 savings from taking the busing in-house? Um, the last meeting, um, you had actually mentioned that you were going to be preparing something to actually show um, this, the cost savings and where we sort of are all in right now. Um, is, is that when we would see this? Um, so that is really for next year's entire budget preparation, um, but we will absolutely be putting in presentations as far as savings goes, as well as the, uh, the bus depot. Uh, G22, I'm just wondering if you guys could um, elaborate on the vetting process for the Spiesel Architecture Group. Um, it looks like on the May 15th action items, you guys approved some professional services for architects, engineers, and this was not one. Um, is that a standard process? Uh, yeah, standard process is to approve uh, multiple vendors for different types of activity. Um, that May board meeting, I was not here. Um, they are not. They're not listed. They're not listed, they're but not. that's why we wanted to get them on uh, in case we were to use them in the future. Okay. So can you just tell me how their fees compare or their fee structures? Because it looks like in the document on the Board of Ed docs that 14500 fee. Um, it does seem reasonable. However, the rest of it is based on construction costs. And I'm just wondering what sort of assumption on budget and scope were they promised in order to get a $14,500 fee for that initial phase one? Uh, nothing was promised. Okay. And, and just because that agreement is on there, it doesn't mean that we need to sign the agreement to then pay them. It's just in case we need to use them in the future. Perfect. Um, will that phase one report be made public? And it appears that um, in the references, community sessions are outlined as well as a planning board if necessary. Are those steps that will be taken? Yes. Got it. Um, G24, the train agreement. Um, I'd just like to understand, I was under the assumption that the Greenfield HVAC had been budgeted for, so, and that we were waiting for an air conditioning unit to come in. So um, at, I want to say maybe April, May, there was some money borrowed from a Greenfield's HVAC account to pay for some last minute busing um, expenses. Was that money put back in and is that what we're using to fund some of this with train or is this a completely separate initiative and we're actually not waiting on air conditioning units for greenfields so this project has to do with the rod grant that we are about to receive um as far as say there was hvac was already under, ordered i was under the assumption that we were waiting for new air conditioning units for greenfields 
Is that not true? No. Okay. But there was money budgeted and allocated there, for correct for this project that, that the rod coincides grant. with the rod grant. But what was borrowed then back at the end of last year to to pay for unexpected bus expenses that was noted for Greenfield's HVAC? If it's not the rod grant. So what I can speak to is there's money that is given to us through the rod grant from the state. We had also transferred funds from capital reserve. Those funds are what are, that's what's budgeted for still for this project moving forward. I hope that, is that answered your question? It does. It just, it seems like no one knows or remembers that we borrowed that $450,000 from some Greenfields HVAC account. And I called it out then. I don't know exactly what meeting it was, but I just want to make sure that that money was put back because it was allocated there. So that can be applied if, say, this $3.5 million project moves forward, there's another $450,000. If this project goes forward, we do have the funds allocated from our end and from the state through the Rod Grant. Perfect. Um, J2, district goals. I'm just wondering the, the progress of monitoring. So the platform usage analysis, is that within PowerSchool? And is that something that um, parents have access to? Because I don't, for, I don't, I don't see that in PowerSchool um, on my end as a parent. So I'm, I was wondering what this platform usage anal analysis is. And is that something that we can utilize AI and machine learn technology to identify students that do need extra help in reading math outside of their standardized testing scores in the state? You, the progress of monitoring, we use a lot of systems within um, our Lincoln or Dibbles, our foundations. We have a lot of internal testing that we use. Um, all of that is our progress monitoring that we do within the classroom. And then we use that uh, for data to move forward to help the students. So it's all, it's not just one system in PowerSchool. PowerSchool is in charge of the grades and the report card grades, mm -hmm. but we have um, different types of uh, programs that we use to identify more individual learners. Um, is it weird that there's not an actionable goal within that document? And it, it also coincides with J3, right? So the school data team meetings for the superintendent goals. So it's, it, it, it notes ongoing assessment of state district foundations and get data, right? So is there an actionable goal within that document? Because it doesn't appear to be. And I would, I would say that there likely should be like a 10 to 15% lift, say, in standardized testing. Or what is the goal, right? I, I didn't understand what the goal was. Yeah, it was more to for student improvement. So in your, yes, I did not put the, you know, looking at a three to 5% increase per right. student. Um, but yes, that is in my notes uh, moving forward. That's how we're, we have our own SGOs and our own performance plans that we use that. For. Okay. And is that benchmarked against other districts that are about our size or districts that we have benchmarked? No, I'm benchmarking it for our students and, and the recovery and to move forward. Got it. Um, J19 and J52. So J19, what is the experience for this person um, that's being recommended to move into curriculum and instruction for WDMS? Mm -hmm. It's not going on. That's all right. I can hear you. Oh, I can hear you. I was pushing the wrong button. Use the error. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Tom. Okay. Are you referring to the administrative assistant? Yeah. Okay. Moving, moving to curriculum and instruction. 
So personnel information, we can't discuss outwardly in public, um, but we do have a job description and there was a three round interview process that Perfect. we went through. We just okay. can't discuss the personnel of any of our staff. Perfect. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, and then my last one, and I'll turn back the rest of the time is J59, 60 and 61. It looks like we rescinded on some bus drivers. So now we're down three, um, but J10, it looks like you hired one. So are we still down two? So the rescinding of the three bus drivers, if you remember back in uh, April, we hired a mm -hmm. whole slew of bus drivers. Those three bus drivers that we are rescinding did not complete their paperwork. Okay. So they're not part of the count at all. So all right. we're still in great shape with drivers and our substitutes. All right. Thank you. So we're really excited that there's, you're seeing substitutes on the list. <laughs> all right. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Mr. Dagen. Mr. Tucci, do we have any online comments? Questions? Uh, uh, no, Mr. Jones, there are no online comments at this time for agenda items. All right. Thank you, Mr. Tucci. Okay. Can I, um, may I please have a motion to close public comment then? Motion, Nafis. Second, Baggy. All in favor? All right. All right. Next, we will move on to finance. Mr. Fetty. Uh, thank you, Mr. Jones. Uh, and this month we met and we discussed um, what we discussed is what you heard earlier for the Greenfield HVAC. Was anyone not here that wants to hear any more statistics with that Greenfield HVAC? I'll be happy to go over what we heard. Was everyone here for that? Okay, so I don't need to go over everything. That was the main um, discussions was um, the Greenfield HVAC. And then we had Mr. Um, thank you for Mr. Angel for giving us that um, presentation on the HVAC. And the other thing that we discussed is um, the administration continues to uh, efforts to identify an appropriate um, property for the bus depot. And um, there's no additional information to share at this time. And that was it for the finance committee meeting. And I would like to make a motion to approve items two through 24. Any questions on items two through 24? Uh, second the motion all right all in favor aye all right thank you mr fetty uh moving on to curriculum ms navies thanks i'd like to make a motion to approve items two through nine second any questions on items two through nine all in favor All right, thank you, Ms. Navies. Policy, Ms. Schultz. Thank you. Um, I'd like to make a motion to approve items two through 13. Second. Any questions on items two through 13? All in favor? All right, teachers and personnel, Ms. Barna. Thank you, Mr. Jones. We met last week on teachers and personnel by Zoom, and we discussed all the items which you will see on tonight's agenda. I'd like to make a motion to approve items 2 through 64. Second. All right. Any questions on items 2 through 64? All right. That's a roll call vote. Roll call vote. Okay, uh, Mrs. Nafies. Yes. 
Mrs. Bailey. Epstein. Okay. Mr. Perticari. Yes. Mrs. Schultz. Yes. Mr. Baggy. Yes. Mrs. Barna. Yes, on all items. However, in order to avoid the appearance of impropriety, meaning actions or decisions which do not fall under conflict of interest statutes, but reasonably give rise to an implication that an action is self-serving rather than considered solely with respect to its impact on the district, teacher, staff, and more importantly, the students, I've chosen to voluntarily recuse myself from voting on item number 18 under teachers and personnel on which I sit as a committee member, as, as the committee chair. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mr. Fetty. Yes. And Mr. Jones. Yes. All motions carry, thank you. Thank you, Ms. Barna. Oh, she's got more. No. Yes, I do. Sorry. <laughs> and now I'd like to make a motion to approve items 65 through 94, and this is not a roll call vote. Second. Any, que any questions on items 65 through 94? All in favor? I I have Aye. to abstain from 81. Okay. Thank you. And this time, thank you, Ms. Barna. All right. Okay, so um, we will now move to uh, our second public comment. So can I have a motion to open public comment, please? Motion, Barna. Second, Schultz. All in favor? All right, thank you. Um, we are now entering the public comment portion of tonight's meeting. The common portion is, this comment portion is for uh, agenda or non-agenda items. Please note that the comments are limited to a maximum of five minutes per attendee. Uh, as always, please state name, address, and topic of the comment before making a statement for the record. And thank you. Um, for this uh, comment session, uh, we have Mr. Matt Deccan. Matt Deccan. Um, I had a couple things for the high school and then the middle school. I'll start with the middle school. Um, I'd really like for someone to tell me, are we supposed to have the walkers crossed um, from the back entrance of the school to the school in the morning and the evening? The back entrance, all the walkers coming in from the Sherwood neighborhood into the back of the school. Yeah, I, I'm just asking because it seems to be pretty inconsistent. I do want to give a shout out to Mr. Brown. I believe he's a gym teacher. Um, he does cross the children in the afternoon, but it seems to be inconsistent. And it's likely when he's here or already has left. Um, you do you do have school Where buses. Where is that again? Right back here, Sherwood. When the kids are riding their bikes and walking across the parking lot where the oh, school okay. buses are the going. Parking lot. Yep. There's, there's likely or rarely anyone in the morning. Um, and Mr. Brown usually is in the afternoon. So I would like to give him a shout out. But I do think at some point someone should be assigned to make sure that there is someone there with eyes on those kids coming because they're riding their bikes fast. And, you know, we don't want that to happen on school property. Um, I'd also like for someone to acknowledge that the growth of that walking path is uh, it's overgrown and there's actually a fallen tree. Um, the school was pretty quick to take ownership of that when we were trying to put a bus depot up there. But right now we ha I have to duck to walk through the path. So can that be uh, addressed? 
Perfect. Uh, yes. All right. Those are my uh, middle school uh, options, the high school. So can I understand what's happening with the sports busing at the high school? It sounds as though some of the sports do not have busing or the ability to get buses. And um, I just wanted to understand if that was true and why that would be true. It sounds like some of the girls' soccer may be using other buses out of the district or trying to get those teams to come play here. I'm, I have no clue. Okay. Yeah, that I will So there would be into. no reason any of that. Yeah, there should be no, no reason at all. Okay. Yeah. Are um, you aware of it? Yeah, no, that's just. Okay. Yeah. Um, it appears that because the Marty Gray field is closed, that you have four to six teams practicing on one and a half soccer fields. Um, it seems as though boys and girls are both practicing on the same field. Is that a temporary solution or is that, how are we working that? I will, we will get back to you on that as well. Okay. Um, high school entrance to the girls' soccer fields. It sounds as though um, when it does rain, it is quite muddy and it sounds like it's been a, it's been brought up before. Um, is it possible to have gravel or rocks backfilled into the space that has? Yes, uh, we did it that sounds last like spectators year. Spectators are asked to walk it parallel to the fence as best they can. Yeah, last year we put them in and probably have to redo it. Probably sunk in the ground through all the rain. Awesome. And my last one, and um, I'll be done for tonight. Um, the high school bathrooms. It sounds as though during the day only two are open. Is there a reason that only two are open? Is that a safety thing, um, or are some of the bathrooms not operable, or are they down? So it could be all the above, depends. Um, so the bathrooms, we do keep two bathrooms open, one by the LGI, one by the senior hallway, so they're monitored. Mm -hmm. um, they seem to be a gathering place for a lot of students, sure. so safety reason. Um, if there is a bathroom that is shut down, girls can probably add on. It's because people are throwing vape pens and pens and whatever they can, and the toilets are exploding. So that's a common problem that why we are trying to find more aids to assist with bathroom duty. Got it. So if you only have two open, is that enough bathrooms for all children in the school? Yes. That, it has that, never, has, it's been that way for 13 years, have not had a problem. We also have single bathrooms, two single bathrooms um, also designed around the school plus the gym locker rooms. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, no problem. Thank you, Mr. Deccan. Mr. Tucci, do we have any online uh, questions? Uh, no, Mr. Jones, there are no online comments for non-agenda items at this time. All right, thank you, Mr. Tucci. Uh, can I have a motion to close public comment, please? Motion, Baggy. Second, Schultz. All right, thank you. Uh, all in favor? All right, great. Um, all right. Uh, can I have a motion to approve the closed session minutes from the August 22nd action movie, uh, meeting? Motion, Baggy. Second, Nafis. All in favor? Abstain. I think Ms. Bailey has to abstain. Abstain. Okay. Um, does anyone have any new business? I do, Mr. Jans. Um, Go ahead, Ms. Barna. I just wanted to um, bring to everyone's attention. I, I know that uh, a lot of you know that I try to work with the schools with the food pantry where I'm a volunteer about um, 
want getting food for the kids. And I had brought up at previous meetings about how I was disappointed that the federal funding ended, I think it was back in April, for um, free lunches for all students and free breakfast for all students, to, irregardless of whether what their financial situation was at home. So um, basically last week, um, there was legislation passed where the school, the scale is going to be extended to include people who may be on the buffer of not being able to get free or reduced lunches for their children. So I'm hoping that that helps a lot because I, I know we, we do have a lot of uh, families that come in that have students in the school and they, a lot of them tell me the same thing that they are right on the cusp of being able to be eligible. So we're hoping that, that this new law is going to bring more food to our students because we all know that when students are fed well, they learn better. Um, also- Nance, uh, I'll, I'll stop you. So that article that you're talking about, it did come out from the state already. Um, we are using that new formula and we it has changed uh, students that were not eligible to be eligible. So That's we are awesome. currently using it. So. I'm, I'm very excited about that because I'm all about the food. Um, also, um, I was just wondering if anyone besides Brett's going to be attending workshop um, in Atlantic City. Just I'm, I'm not able to attend. I plan to attend for at least one day. Okay, cool. There, there's a lot. There's a lot to learn down there. It's it's a really great experience. Also, um, reaching out to other school districts. Um, and the third thing is, I'm going to just piggyback off of. Not, from for the past couple months, I've been wanting to t talk about this. And when I get home and I'm like, oh, I need to write myself a note because I'm old to um, remind me to bring this up in a meeting. But since Mr. Deccan brought something up, it, the light bulb went off in my head. Um, so between here and 290, uh, from 295, when I go home all the way up to, uh, I guess, like Burger Fire Company, there are over 20 streetlights out. And I noticed the one in front of the high school has been out. They've been out for over a year now. And I just thought it's a lot safer because kids that are drive students that are driving from this area over to the high school, um, it, it's not really safe. Like even the kids that are walking down Crown Point Road from the high school towards, you know, like Colonial Manor area that they live there at nighttime, it's really dark. A couple of times kids have like walked out into the street and like the street lights, even at the corner of where I live is it's really dark. So if I don't know who, if that's, County roads, the township, or whatever, but there are over 20 light street lights out. So I want to make sure that the kids are safe. And that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Barna. Any other new business? All right. Um, I'm sorry. Can I, I thought you were asking Ms. Barna and not anyone else. Oh. I just want to say welcome to Catherine and Macy because it's, I really liked and enjoyed hearing the, the high school student perspective, and it was nice to hear what was going on in the school. So I'm super excited to hear from you. So can't, no pressure, but I can't wait. To, I can't wait. There really isn't any. I, I have, can't wait. I to have hear. the pressure on because they're adding, <laughs> they're adding the middle school in as well oh, as part do. of it. So I added that this year. So. <laughs> don't do that to them. But it it is like so valuable to hear. I have little kids, so it's really valuable to hear to hear your experiences. So it'll be really fun, and welcome. And I want to second that, and I also would like to welcome our new board member, Jennifer, too. Thank you. Agree. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those, those comments. 
Any other new business uh, comments from the board members? All right, sounds good. Um, next section, are there any board member comments? So seems like we covered some of that, but nothing, okay. Um, we have no need for our second executive, right? Okay. All right, um, actually that's all we have for this evening then. So can I get a motion to adjourn, uh, adjourn the meeting? Motion Schultz. Second, Barna. All right, all in favor. All right, thank you everybody.